Before we begin, the Council of the First Ones would like to thank Danielle, Val, and the rest at Roast Google Dinner for their kind words and continued support. Thank you for supporting the Masters of the Universe community. I'm Kelly, your host from Nerds on the Couch, and joining me today, I still have my friend Crespo. How are you doing, Cress? Well, I've been in hiding because Scott already blamed me for the death of Maddie. I don't want to be blamed for the death of Super 7's classics. That's all the movie's fault, not mine. No, I think that's more of Mattel's, but we'll get into that a little later on. Hey, Renee, how are you doing? Oh, I've been very well. I've been living, doing my thing, and still recovering from PowerCon. I can't believe it's been a month. I know. But I see you brought some friends with you to this our new uh, council meeting. How about you introduce us to them? All right. Uh, first of all, we got our friend Sean. Please introduce yourself. Hi, I am Sean Scavarna, and I've been a fan since the 8-pack uh, Masters came out back in the early 80s. And here I am, and I'm very happy to be here. Right, and we got uh, our friend, Master Rex. My name is David Rexford. I go by Rex. Uh, from Mississippi, been a long-time collector and fan of Master of the Universe. Last but definitely not least, we got David Clark. Hi, great to be here. I'm David Clark, otherwise known as Adult Collector, owner of adultcollector.org. And I just love Masters of the Universe and She-Ra. And it's just amazing to be a part of this and and everything else regarding uh, He Managed. It's been a month since all the bombshells have come out at PowerCon, and we've been digesting it for quite a while. I don't even know where to start with Mattel coming out with Origins, new comic book line coming out in two months, or Kevin Smith. Where should we start, guys? Oh, Lordy. Oh, my God. It's crazy because this last year was like master was like a kind of silent thing, which brought us down a bit and real life interfered, and now suddenly it's like classics is ending. Well, put in a coma, sorry, put in a coma, and there's like boom, comics, anime, weird WWE crossover. Yeah, let's start with the toys. You know, since you brought up that the official word is is that the classics are not canceled. They were kind of saying they're not canceled. They're on hiatus. And just a roundtable group here, uh, since we're getting to know you guys and all that, who here has collected the classics? Or again, what? How? or better phrase it, what level of classic collecting have you guys been getting into? For myself, I have collected entire original classics line all the power con special edition figures i've collected a number of zodacs that i've uh, customized i've gotten into customization so i have quite a few of those as well i guess from my point of view um i i actually knew about the classics line in 2008 but the earliest i ever jumped into it actually was 2016 
And uh, that was more out of a financial thing than anything. But it's like it's been a, an addiction. I mean, I got shelves in my basement. I'm looking at them right now and they're just lined with figures that I've been lucky enough to collect. And it's like I can't stop. These things are they they are the versions that I thought I was holding in my hands when I was a kid and I didn't know I wanted them until I got them in hand, you know. He's right, it is an addiction. You start collecting one, you have to have them all. I, I remember thinking, I just want He Man and Skeletor. If I just got them to put on my shelf, I'd be thrilled. And then I got He-Man and Skeletor around the same time, and my daughter got her hands on Skeletor and ripped him open. And I'm like, well, now i got to rip He-Man open. So the next thing I know, I have, you know, like I have all the mini comic versions. I have all of the two – well, not all of them, but 2000X. And I got – and I'm looking at these shelves going, but I still want more. <laughs> it's, it's the craziest <laughs> thing. Well, I'm kind of in the, the same vein jumping into this because I know I talked to you guys individually, and that's kind of what I wanted to bring up, how avid fans you guys are because I'm one of the lucky ones. I came in on day one, and I have every classic item ever made. I wish I could display them all and all that. Instead, I have them bins carefully sealed in these boxes, and I've done YouTube videos on how to seal them and prepare them and and even now, you know, I mean, I have the the PowerCon exclusives, and I'm like, oh, these are so nice. They're so cool. And I'm addicted, too. I want more. I am not happy. I'm I'm waiting for my shipment of the uh, William Stout collection. I, I need more. <laughs> well, it's hard. Like, to me, looking at what they've managed to do, I mean – you got to give credit where credit's due, and this is part of why I think the resurgence is happening. The fans have truly shown – I mean, not to be cliche, but they have the power in this case. They they really have kept this line going, and it's like I wish I was there from the beginning like you, and unfortunately I, I wasn't able to. But getting into it and really sinking my teeth into this line, it's like – I can't think of a line I've ever attempted to get into that has the breadth and width that they've done with this. The variants that actually are, they're worthwhile variants even, you know, like I can't think of too many where I'd say, let's take them off the table. There's a few, but there's not a huge amount that I'd say it's not worth it or whatever, you know, and that's impressive to me. You know, the the thinking that went into the line and the, the amount of characters that we have to even choose from. Yeah, there there are hundreds of classics figures. I mean, we've been so fortunate since what two thousand what eight two thousand nine for it to go on this long for for the line to dig into you know the the such obscure characters you know and then wrap back around to like filmation to get those A tier characters. I mean, we've been extremely fortunate. It's gone on for so long. You know, I feel like. I can't wait for classics to come back, you know, for us to likely, you know, if if and when it comes back, it would likely give us another chance to get at some of those important figures like Skeletor, He-Man. Yeah, it's funny you say about fans having the power because we made Snake Mountain happen. I mean, that was a huge achievement. Yes, Snake, Snake Mountain was an incredible feat and some. Some old school listeners already know that I have a special attachment with that place since when I was a, a kid, like three, four years old. For Christmas, my my mom spent a lot of time hunting for that 
for Snake Mountain and Castle Grayskull, and she actually bought the ones they had on display at a Kmart, and those were the ones I got for Christmas. And basically a few months before she passed was the SDCC original re- reel of Snake Mountain, and I, and when I saw it for the first time, I was like, holy crap, there's no way I can get, get that due to space, and my mom was like, no, you're getting that. Because if you're not buying it, I'm buying it for you. And, oh, nice. And then she passed, and and there was and there was like Snake Mountain, the the one who got away. Then Matty Collector shut down, with some people unfairly blaming me for it. But and I was seeing like Snake Mountain, I wasn't gonna get it, and it bumped me, bumped the heck out of me. And then Super Seven gave us a glimmer of hope, Snake Mountain. There was the pre-order. I pre-ordered mine. I'm just crossing my fingers that it that it can just just get the place it, open that sucker up and fulfill that prom- that promise that my mom made and have a pretty sweet place set on this as an added bonus. Your mom's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that's all. Yeah. I mean, like my my mom was really key in me getting into this anyway. So it's really cool that you have a mom story like that and. You know, for her to have that be like a wish for you, even though that was going on, that's a that's awesome. <laughs> You'll yeah. never ever get rid of that playset, I bet. For that reason, it'll be that's that's like remembering your mom then in that way. Exactly. That's where it goes with my first T-Man that my mother gave me back in '82, hmm. and I still have that same little He-Man. Nice. You know, you guys talked about your moms, but for me, it was my dad. It was at a grocery store where I first saw the He-Man, and before I saw the cartoons and anything, I saw that He-Man toy on the shelf in the red packaging and all that, and you know it was two fifty. It was at two dollars and fifty cents back in the day. I remember I saw it and I was just so enthralled by it. It just looked so like it glowed almost. And I saw Skeletor and Beastman and all the other ones, and I asked my dad, Dad, could I get a, you know, and I saw it, He-Man, could I get a He-Man? And my dad, you know, was looked at it and he, sure, why not? It looks awesome. I mean, not that worse, but he said, oh yeah, that looks great. You know, it looks like awesome toy. And so he's like, yeah, go ahead. You know, in fact, normally he doesn't do this, but he's like, you know what? Go ahead, grab another one, grab another one. You know, and so I grabbed Beastman. And I didn't think Skeletor was the bad guy. I thought Beastman was the bad guy. Those were my first two, and my dad was always encouraging me on those. How I got into it was my dad, he actually went on the road a lot. And every time he came home, he came home with the new Master University Man action figure. And that's how I got into collecting the figure line. Originally, I watched the cartoons, and I told him how cool it was. And I guess my dad just thought he'd get me something that I like, and he started Getting me every figure known to man they created. That's awesome. I had to fight my mother. <laughs> no, like my my mom. We were we were at like the five and dime with like and, two or three sometimes at a time. Oh man, you're lucky. Dang. <laughs> um, I think it was a guilt trip thing. I don't know. I guess, but I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, I, I guess with mine. I mean, my mom. We were at the five and dime in Baltimore and. Um, I saw them on the on the pegs and that that packaging pulled me in and I saw He-Man and he looked the most human out of all of them. So I'm like, well, he has to be the lead guy. I didn't know anything about it. I just was like, OK, he looks cool. And then my mom was like, he's got an axe and a sword. This looks violent. 
And I had to actually, it was almost like uh, we were in a courtroom and I had to explain to her why this was important to me. And it took a while, but by the end of it, I left with that He-Man. And from that point on, there was no looking back. And unfortunately, mine broke. Uh, I played with them so much and I had them around me so much. I don't have that original one. But, you know, I just, you know, that that was the toy that I discovered on my own. And that's probably why it's the one I come back to is like, this is my home because like my mom led me into other things like Superman and, and Spider-Man and Marvel comics and DC comics and everything. But He-Man was, that was my first discovery into something that no one, it was uncharted, you know, and that was even before filmation. So that was like, okay, look at the box art. This is what this is about. And you're just sitting there going, Wow, you know, like the possibilities were limitless looking at that thing. Well, there's this page, a Facebook page. I've been hooked on it. It's called Anti-Eternia, and it it's just it mostly shows off pictures of kids, you know, from the 80s holding up or or playing with their He-Man toys, and it re- totally reminds me of this discussion of you know, it's, how our kids, kids encouraged us. Tying it back to our classics ones you know it's it's what i liked about the line was that anything and everything was possible in that line you know i mean look at the wonder i mean we got wondar we got mm-hmm. vicron you know we got i mean songster was on the list of maybe figures if maddie collector continued well we had hope with super seven but it, it's, yeah. a, it's amazing because we have we can have a display of a very mini comics looking He-Man standing next to Madame Raz, standing next to Hydran, Hail Hydran, and last but not least, <laughs> Lord Dactus battling Hordak, Dilemug, 2018 his, and Krita. It's like, whoa, this this line basically surpassed all of our previous experiences with Masters. I wish we could have gotten at least the remaining 11 Keed Adventures characters, but crossing my fingers that after the movie, we get like a year or two of classics to patch up those gaps. Well, maybe there's, you know, in the future, we'll have an opportunity to get more uh, exclusives, maybe a PowerCon or something like that. I don't think the classics are dead. No. No. I think it's Mattel not wanting competition with their Origins line primarily right now. They're trying to launch that early next year. I think they want to put a lot more emphasis on their 5.5 new articulate figures. Yeah, on the well, at the panel for Origins, uh, let's see here. It was Britt Schatz, brand manager, who said basically, you know, it would be very difficult for both lines to live on the shelf at the same time to survive, basically. And so, yeah, this this you know gives them a chance to uh, focus on the the success of Origins and and uh, you know uh, I mean and, and it's a different price point you know retail uh, you know it's it's I think it's a very good decision for them to go into retail with a fifteen dollar product rather than trying to um, push what's become you know I mean remember when classics were like twenty bucks. You know, and now they're what forty five, and that's not counting the shipping. You know, the price point when it started, yeah, it was twenty dollars, and it slowly moved up, but so did everything else. I mean, you go up to you go to Walmart right now, 
a lot of people like to throw in, well, Star Wars has, you know, the six inch line and they have their deluxe line and then they have their basic figures with different price points. But I always point out that Star Wars, Masters of the Universe, is not Star Wars. And two, that line is not doing well. I think it's a good idea that they are rebooting with the Origins. It's sort of like getting everyone ready and psyched for the 40th, which is not that far away. I think it's the perfect Please don't remind me about the 40th. I'm starting to get old man pains, and I'm still in my 30s. Excuse me. I celebrate my birthday with Masters. I'm only 10 years older than He-Man. Because <laughs> I have the receipt showing oh. that Masters came out on October 1st of 82. That was when it hit the store shelves. <laughs> well, I kind of thought it was the perfect storm for Mattel. I mean, they had the big uh, trucks moving into stores. People were begging for them to be more available. The orange line was a new kick they were trying to work up. At the same time, the classics line was selling out. So, yeah, when they took back to control and decided to head up their Origins line, I can see they're in a very strong position there, especially with the new cartoon they're going to be launching next year. I just wanted to mention, you know, there's a chance that we could see uh, another toy line for that new cartoon. Oh, wow. Origins can be just as open as the classics line, you know, to me, it just seems so simple. Different formatting. I mean, the figures themselves, I mean, we saw them at PowerCon. We saw the PowerPoint. I have the San Diego Comic-Con one. They're solid toys. They're they're cool. A little issue with the articulation. But again, they said they're fixing them, and the Four Horsemen are kind of tweaking them. Because the San Diego Comic-Cons were not made by the Four Horsemen. But the rest of them are. And I expect them to get a little better. And I expect eventually that we'll see Shira, We'll see the Princess of Power. We'll see new adventures. We'll see more. If the line is a success, I expect it. I'd say the Shira won't come until the Netflix DreamWorks Shira is done. Because when that was about to be released, they mixed all of the Super 7 Shira products, the reactants and all like that, to put out the show. I'd say that's why Super 7 was allowed to make the New York Comic Con exclusive last year where they introduced Shira and Catra as action figures. And then we waited a year for what Mattel decided to do with the dolls. Say they did do Starburst Shira for Comic Con, PowerCon. I'm sorry. Like the collector's uh, one, which is a different uh, doll base than what they're using for the Shira that's sitting retail. Yeah, but that's the thing I keep thinking is, like, if they call it Origins, it would not be a far stretch for them to do Shira Origins, you know, to to have, like, an original design Shira in the same female buck as they're doing them. And they could easily, again, they're, this is marketing not just to kids, but also the retro collector. Yeah, they'll probably oh, yeah. work something with Universal because it would be a win-win for both because while... Mattel handles the the normal dolls for the DreamWorks Shira, tossing a bone for the old school fans who like the new Shira. Might be might get into Origins. A few weeks ago, if you asked me, I would have said screw the Origins figures, give me classics. Right now, I'm tempted to get not to go as deep as I went with classics, but I know I'm getting Prince Adam with the uh, sky sled. 
I will be getting a Skeletor and a He-Man because you cannot have a Masters line without a He-Man and Skeletor, just like you can't have a Transformers line without Optimus and Megatron. So that I'm gonna that I'm gonna get those two. That's official, guys. That's. I've, oh. I've been even tempted into getting the Super 7 ones, and I've held them in hand, but it's like, the Origins are much better since they have more modern articulation. Aesthetically, it's not as great as I would like, but they look better than the Super 7, and it's not a jab against Super 7, because they did what, at the time, last year, was something great. But now, Mattel went like, oh, you did great, we'll do better. Well, that was uh, that was something that I was curious about based on everybody here. Like, how many of us are saying we're going to go in on the Origins line? How many of us are not as interested on it? Because, I mean, to be honest, I don't have any in hand, but we're looking at them versus what we just got with Classics. There is a part of me that's like, I feel like it's, it's a good ode to the originals because, uh, obviously, the anniversaries, but I'm like, I feel like they kind of already reached a pinnacle with how the classics line was. So, you know, is are there people that want to still collect this kind or do they, you know, are they open to all of it or are they just, no, it's classics or origins because I can get on the ground floor or whatever. Classics to me is the pinnacle. It deserves uh, all the praise it gets and it is a historic toy line. It has done so much and it deserves so much praise. But there was things lacking. Price point definitely isn't the one. And one for me was the vehicles. I love the vehicles. I absolutely crave vehicles. I, you know, I always bugged Scott and, um, you know, all the Mattel guys and the Super 7. I bugged Brian. Brian yelled at me in the last video over, I did with him that you were asking too many vehicles. I just ended up that way because I love vehicles. We need vehicles. Yeah. and I I would kill for a Dragon Walker. Well, he got mad at me because I brought up the, why don't you do the Technodrome for your Turtles line? And, yeah, he's like, you know how much work we're doing in Snake Mountain and you want the Technodrome? Uh, (laughs) Uh, You're making Ninja Turtle toys. We need a Technodrome. Yeah, exactly. But, no, we're joking. No, here's the thing. With the Origins line, we're getting something that the classics could not do. The Origins are going to be in retail. You will see them. At Walmart, you will see them at Target, you will see them at GameStops, the ones that remained open. Uh, you are going to see them at Amazon. You know, they're going to be everywhere. They are, you know, they, Mattel said these are going to be mass retails. And then the other thing for me is that they said we are making vehicles. They showed us the Sky Sled. It's a Prince Adam, awesome, with the Sky Sled. And they said the sky's the limit. They have, you know, the when I talked to uh, one of the representatives, the uh, Mattel booth, he kind of said they're using 3D modeling, they're using all this stuff to bring down costs, which is good. And he says, yeah, we've looked at, he said, I can't tell you what, but we've, we're looking at all the vehicles. We've looked at attack track. We've looked at the Roton fighter. We've looked at everything. And so there is potential right there. And price-wise, for us to get all those vehicles back. You're just hoping for another Eternia. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, but they'll give us an Eternia that can a bit oversize that. If someone were to use those old 7-inch figures, well, that they could display well, too. But, yeah, a little bit at a time. 
wait, 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 wait. Crazy idea, guys. What if they slowly retooled the classic Grayskull, like, give them a smaller vintage style to throne, vintage scaled accessories, and use the classic Grayskull? Well, you know they're going to be coming out Castle Grayskull, so... With I will bet you money. They're getting the facade. They're getting the mold for the classic, and they're just retrofitting the interior for the smaller scale figures. And we will probably see them as an exclusive, maybe a Walmart exclusive or a Target exclusive. And since they're going to be mass retailed, maybe a hundred bucks. Got me excited with this origin line is the return of mini comics. That's what got me hooked back in the 80s between the mini comics and the star comics. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, the, the little they showed at PowerCon, I, I think I saw like one page where they were showing, here's the pencils, inks, digital colors or whatever. And that was enough yeah, for me to go. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, bring it. Like that, that is something that I really missed out of classics. I know they gave a couple here and there, like the King Grace or King, uh, King He-Man had one and all that. But, you know, having that back, it's like, it's it's a weird line to me for the simple fact that we already have the scale figures from our childhood. And and it's like, you know, I, I like that it has the modern artic- articulation, but there is a sense of like we're, we're kind of getting what we already have in a sense by that feeling of it, at least to me. And then but the, the mini comics has that like I'm sinking back into but this feels like home. And hopefully they're telling more stories that can build on the mythos that we already have. And then that can make new fans' minds explode the way it did for us when we were kids. So yes. it's like it's a weird balance for me with this line. It's like I want to enjoy it. I want to get on the ground floor. But I'm at this point of also like I love classics and I'm still owned to that. And then there's, you know, like but I have a vintage He-Man right on my shelf and I'm looking at him and going, I kind of like that, though, you know, like for the original <laughs> version, because the other there's certain articulation things that don't work for me on the new compared to the old. But then there's like it's it's weird. It's like the minute I get one in hand, I'm going to be like, I got to get this. I'm sure, you know, but up until that point, I'm still in this whole like, will I or won't I? And I'm, I'm always waffling on this. and It drives me crazy. It's how everything can be swapped out, even the legs, where you can actually create your own figures, too. Once you get a three or four together and they're going to be interchangeable with the WW Eternia line that's coming out this year. It's, it's insane. That, that's the right word to use insane because for a while we were starving for master's material. And now it's like, you're not only getting master, but we're getting the most drug fueled thing I've ever seen. WWE <laughs> masters. I want that scene. I want that, that faker scene. And just because it's like, the sheer stupidity of it. It's just like when, when we got Standor. Like, a blue roided out Stan Lee. That's like mind-blowing insane. And now we are getting a Faker Cena, He Cena, Triple H Skeletor, many New Day. And some parts are not on, are reused from classics. And I believe someone, they showed a Wave 2 or Wave 3 figure that was going to use 2000X Trap Gel parts. So I'm seeing some customizers butchering that WWE figure and butchering a classic strap jet to bring a 2000X feeling to, to the figure, to the classics figure. Well, I just wanted to bring up a point, like, with the, the, the Origins line. Like, you know, I've seen Rex's collection, and I wish I had it, but with the point at hand, I could get an Origins figure 
and I could put him on the vintage toys. I could put him on the Eternia playset, and he'd fit. And it'd just be awesome. I mean, I, I bet you that when people go to the toy, I mean, they go into the toy aisles, they see the Origin toys, they're going to remember, they're going to look like their toys, and I think people are going to grab them. I think that's what is just going to happen. When you actually get one in your hand and you go to a store and you hold them, you're going to get them. I predict that's what's going to happen. You're just not going to pass them up. Absolutely. I totally agree in that. I, you know, I've heard a lot of people say that, that, oh, well, it's not for me or or I'm going to boycott even boycott Origins until they give us more classics and, and whatnot. But uh, once I mean, once they're in the store, fifteen dollars a pop, we're all going to be collecting them. We're all going to be on that train. We're, we're all going to be enjoying that new toy line. Yeah, That's the, the, the thing to me, like I said, about the classics and stuff. But. There is this part of me where it's like, you know, you're able to finally support at retail a line that you loved as a kid. And if it's one of your first loves, it's how can you not? You know, like even if I was like, oh, well, they're not doing classics. If I saw that on the shelf, I'd be like, but that's still Masters. And I'd want to have that because that's me saying I appreciate that this is back again. You know, like when 2000X hit, we didn't have anything for how long after New Adventures and then, like, what, 10 years later-ish, you want to say? Like, then, boom, 2000X hit, and I was gobbling that stuff up like crazy. It wasn't like the originals, but, dear Lord, it was Masters again, you know? And it's like, what? how how could you pass that up if you love this line? And I'm in that mode, too, where it's like I'm waffling, but the minute I see that stuff, you're darn right. I'm probably going to grab it and go, I got to put this on my shelf, you know? <laughs> so it, it's it's that love and hate thing of collecting. It's... I don't want it that it's not what I like, and all of a sudden, oh, but it's what I like, you know. It's a hard position for those who are in love with classics, but at the same time, the, the little suckers are are pretty cute. <laughs> I'm interested. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I mean, it, they look like mini He-Man now that we're old, but when we were kids, it was like those He-Man figures towered over the Joes, over the Star Wars. Heck, they were as big as a Transformer. Mm-hmm. So, and speaking of Transformers, I have seen the few retail Walmart uh, reissues of the vintage Transformers, and, and I've held them in my hand, and I've put them back because I I don't feel they're for me, but but these figures, it's like, dang it, they're, they're tempting me so hard, and, and I'm, try, I'm one of those, like, oh, I'm going to stick with classics, but... I need to get at least He-Man and Skeletor in support, and if they do Thunder Punch He-Man, I have to get that one, since it's one of my favorite barons as a kid. Beastman I'll get, because he was my favorite evil warrior. And the problem, the problem I'm seeing with this is that I'm going to start with one, two, and I'm not sure wh when or where, where will I stop, because even with classics, I was like, I'll just get He-Man, Skeletor, Beastman, Man-at-Arms, Tila, Evelyn... If they make Shira, Hordak, Glimmer, and that would be it. That would be mm -hmm. it. No new adventures. No. Suddenly it's like I'm going on eBay just to get a Titus. And I'm yeah. Like, Titus. I, I mean, it's I, sort I of like I said that the figure was crap, and I'm and I'm here on eBay getting him. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like eating a potato chip. You can't just eat one. Well, it, it, once you pop, you just addiction. can't stop. 
Exactly. I mean, they, they had the reveals for uh, Manny Faces and Scareglow, and I, I just put my head on my desk, and I'm like, all right, it got me there, too. Because, honestly, Manny Faces was always one of my, like, out, if I had to pick, like, a top three characters for the heroes, like, He-Man, Manny Faces, and Fisto are probably right there. And I'm like, ah, oh, like, you had to put out Manny Faces. And then with Scareglow, I just started getting into him because of the classics figure, and I'm like, Son of a, you know, like, okay, so now him, and I gotta get Skeletor, and it'll just turn into, like, whatever. I'm, it's like, oh, they're, you'll, you'll talk to me, like, next year, and I'll be like, oh, they're all over my shelves now, whatever. <laughs> if you are looking for a place to live, we recommend the Dark Hemisphere. The Dark Hemisphere has wide open spaces, barren land. Relatively crime-free zones. If you're interested, contact Skeletor at Snake Mountain. If you don't get thrown in the dungeon, tell them Renee sent you. Uh, one of the big announcements, many announcements at Paracon, was uh, DC Comics is putting out a six-issue miniseries uh, called Masters of the Universe. Uh, or was it Masters of the Multiverse? And it's going to feature a storyline where you're going to see every iteration of He-Man coming together. And in a, and all of these characters from Princes of Power, New Adventures, you name it, the mini-comics, interacting with each other and battling with each other. And I just think it is, it is a fantastic idea. And we were, we were just talking about our classics collections and how we've got... You know, every like hundreds of different figures from every iteration of He-Man on our shelves. Well, now we've got this uh, comic book series to give us that fuel that, you know, uh, to fuel our imaginations and say, wow, what if, you know, I, I never thought of that before. What if our She-Ra characters are fighting our mini comic characters and our movie characters that are getting we're getting in the mail are going to fight the new adventure characters? Like when I was a kid with my cousins and some friends, like. Everybody had their own He-Man and Skeletor was like, one had the originals, I had like Thunder Punch and Battle Armor Skeletor, it was like, we had like all three He-Man, like fighting all these three Skeletors, and then like Beastmen, everything for one of Castle Three Grayskull. <laughs> I'm just dying to see 12 He-Man standing next to the DC Comics continuity He-Man, which it's just jarring thinking that Dolph He-Man is getting love as a toy <laughs> and in the comics because I pretty much remember like oh the He-Man movie oh that movie sucked and it's like now it's like ooh movie He-Man yes <laughs> in, in my opinion like the the DC Comics stuff um, originally I wasn't like wanting to get it when I heard the premise of it I was like like the original, like when it first came out, James Robinson writing it and all that stuff. But the, the, these mini series they've been doing are basically like me when I would sit and play with my toys, like what you're saying, because like uh, in the Thundercats crossover one, they had the ancient spirits of evil on the battleground right in front of Castle Grayskull. And I'm like, I would have done that when I was a kid, you know, like, so having these new avenues opening up and you have these new, like, like you said, everybody brings a different He-Man to the table and it's like, 
uh, they did it with the Ninja Turtles. And I remember just I was geeking out over that going like, that's just so cool. Like you, you have all these different iterations and they're all working together, you know, and um, it, it means all of them are valid to the writer and to the fans in that way. And I think that's really awesome because some people might go eh, new adventures, whatever, you know, or eh, filmation, whatever. It's like, no, all of them are valid and all of them are working to, for this story. And how will this play out? I, I'm I'm very curious what this is going to be like. It's it's like we're that ki- we're that kid who finally gets to go into his cupboard, pull out every box of cereal he has, and pouring them all <laughs> into the same bowl. <laughs> so so basically, it's a giant sugar shock, and we're all going to be like buzzing like crazy. When this exactly. Is <laughs> Diabetes, the action figure. Di- Diabetes, the comic book. Yeah. I want to point out like how mind-blowing to me it really is because we're hitting – and he mentioned at the panel that he plans on bringing in every iteration there was. And the first images, the first sketches he showed was the Mondo uh, He-Man and Skeletor, you know, that big $150 figures that I cannot afford. And I'm just like, wow. And then he said, I'm going to bring in the DC Comics, all versions, classics – the UK, the Star Comics, and it's just like mind-blowingly that he he's bringing all that together. Wow! I just say I hope they offer a one-shot collection book of it all. Oh, that that would be sweet. Yeah. I, I, I know I'm gonna get these digital as much as I hate digital, but I no longer have enough time to go hunting in a comic book shop. And comics by mail, they usually arrive in less than pristine conditions. So if they release a trade paperback, I'm so getting the physical trade paperback while reading the digital copies because I, I still love to have a physical, tangible copy. I love the Master of Universe uh, collection they just did with the, uh, um, sorry, cannot think of it, uh, Super... Uh, oh, Injustice. Injustice, yes. Yeah. I love that little collection. They did that. That's exactly what I'm hoping they'll do with this one. Well, they did that, too, with the um, Masters uh, versus Thundercats, because I found that at a comic convention, and I was actually going to get Freddie Williams to sign it while I was there. So if they've been doing it for those, I don't see why they wouldn't do it for this when it's all completed. Yeah, I picked up the Tourney Awards at – Block, I mean, not block, I was going to say Blockbuster. Barnes & Noble. Why did I say Blockbuster? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we're so retro that. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> but uh, Barnes & Noble. Yeah. Hey, KB is coming well, back, okay? Up, so. I hope so. For, um, well, uh, I picked I would... up the office. It's huge. It's got all of those and uh, some of the original DC uh, Superman vs. He-Man. Yeah, I got that waiting for me at my local comic shop, too. I just need to get the funds lined up to finally get it from them. But this crossover, the one thing that I'm really crossing my fingers over since they're saying every iteration is going to be in there is I can't wait to see another 2000X He-Man showing up to do some business because that, for me, was such a revitalizing uh, line for the the series for me. It reignited my love for the, the entire product again and you know like 2000x the cartoon suffered from you know it, it got canceled too early so i'm just crossing my fingers i at least get to see him showing up in a panel or two and 
you know, that'll make my day. If they do anything else, that's awesome. But that would be my my one request is let's see him do some business in this. Well, again, you brought up the sad part was 2000X, I felt, didn't get the attention it deserved. I mean, I have to say it, and some people still say blasphemy, but I think the cartoon was superior to Filmation. It was. I, I am completely 100% behind that. And I, I actually, on uh, one of the groups on Facebook, I do little reviews here and there about the episodes. And uh, the thing the thing about that line for me, not to, not to tangent ridiculously, but the thing about it for me was – when, even when I was a kid, if they did a two-parter episode on certain series, like the, on uh, G.I. Joe, they had that whole week where it was the rise of Serpentor. So every day you had to show up and see if G.I. Joe would stop Cobra at something to get the DNA they wanted for these different uh, leaders in history to create Serpentor. And I was glued to that. And even on uh, He-Man, they had the House of Shakoti two-parter. I was glued to that. So like 2000X for me was like, here's the storyline. We're going to tell it from the beginning to the end. And I was glued to that because I was like, there's certain things I wasn't a huge fan of with it. But for the 90% of it, I'm like, I want to keep watching this because it's building on itself. It's creating this mythology with it. And that's like you said, it's like, you know, it might be blasphemous to some fans, but to me, it's like, I want to I want to tell a whole story with this idea. Like there is the potential of that. And that's why I really enjoyed that line. So, like I said, if I see him show up in this, I'm going to be thrilled just for that reason, because he hasn't gotten a whole lot of love since that line died, really. And to point out what we know so far, bad guy is anti-Eternia. He, I mean, anti-He-Man, the anti-He-Man. That's a German concept. You know, that's not, a, you know, that's completely off. Off everything. He comes from the German audio plays, and it just shows you how much research they've done. And I'm just so excited. That second cover, when I saw that at the panel, I was just blown away. Movie He-Man fighting Krita. <laughs> wow. And they think that weird blue guy is Keldor. Yeah, good Keldor. Which, which is even weirder that we're Keldor. getting we're getting a good Keldor. Oh my God! <laughs> All right, wouldn't it be great if we we got to see a fight between like 2000X Skeletor and like Filmation Skeletor, you know, or He-Man battling it out, you know, different versions of He-Man battling each other? Oh, jeez, oh, yeah, that would be delicious. Like, I'm looking forward to seeing Savage He-Man. Yes. Yeah, yes. I agree with yeah. that too. Savage He-Man versus Filmation <laughs> He-Man, the ultimate <laughs> battle. <laughs> You know Filmation will be in that comic book series. And he's going to be tossing a couple boulders. Yeah, but I was just thinking Savage He-Man's just going to take his axe and start, like, swapping Filmation He-Man on the butt and telling him, this is how it works. (laughs) 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 It's not supposed to be you never use your weapon, you know? (laughs) And then all of a sudden I expect, like, Filmation He-Man to throw a punch and he destroys a mountain going see that's why you want to let's do it <laughs> well then filmation he-man shows up in a in a huge one-page image of him holding up castle gray skull god <laughs> is this good enough for you? Man. as long as we don't have to steal his butt i bet you we will <laughs> on today's story we learned that yeah. That other me is a freaking savage. <laughs> I want to see interaction between sorceress and goddess. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. 
That would be. <laughs> See, the the thing that to me is sad is I love that this concept is there, but I actually you, the way we're talking, how cool would it be if this was like a two hour movie on Netflix? <laughs> you know, I mean, just imagine that you all of us just sit there, or even you know, like like the or uh, DC does the like seventy minute movies of the you know they're they're adapting their material for video. How cool would that be to have this and you just sit there going, is that John Irwin's voice? Holy crap, you know, or, hey, Cam Clark came back for this. Brian Dobson's here again. You know, I mean, I that would that would bring it on a whole nother level of us just sitting there and, and just having a blast with this stuff over the comics, because that's another part is the sound and the voices and stuff, too. Like, imagine getting you see Snake Mountain, but then you hear, you know, it's like, oh, man, you know. And it's the wrong beastman and attacks him. <laughs> okay, hold on. Kevin Smith, Kevin Smith, we know. I, I talked to you about the podcast. Here's ideas. <laughs> I did tell him. I did talk to Kevin Smith about our podcast. So hopefully, if we get him on the show, that's what we'll do. A whole segment of just giving him ideas. Uh, <laughs> if we if we get Kevin Smith, I'm going to be fangirling so hard. <laughs> Uh, worse than you did with uh, Scott. Uh, a million times worse. Right, right now, my my brain is just thinking of Jay Muse doing that song from Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Can't do it because adult content, and we have to keep this family friendly. But everybody knows which one I'm thinking. Fifteen bucks, little man. Let me stop right there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Revelations, uh, Master of the Universe coming out next year. Sounds like it is going to be an excellent pickup from where Filmtration left off. How they're going to carry the story forward from there. It's supposed to be including things such as new adventures in it. Um, from what I've seen on the teasers about this, it sounds like this is going to be an excellent way to relaunch the franchise. But one of the things I'm heard a lot of concern from the fans about is Tila as far as being a main central focus character. Now, in my opinion, I feel that this is a natural progression because it's passing a torch from the sorceress to Tila, her learning her destiny, her becoming more entangled in the ultimate story that she was fated to become. I know that's been the number one discussion at the panel, and I think, David, you were at the panel there. I mean, it was so emotional at that panel. I have to point out, Tila was only mentioned once, and Kevin Smith brought out, like, he mentioned He-Man a bunch of times. Discussing in the fan forums online. Yeah, and but that's kind of the thing. Tila might be trying to do something, and from what we gathered, there was a catastrophe, you know, the war, I don't know, like, like Skeletor 1, maybe, or some earth-shattering thing happened on Eternia. Uh, something about how maybe there was a final battle and then uh, He-Man's maybe lost, like they have to find He-Man or something like that. Yeah, that's that's how I took it. Like, uh, And again, it was so very vague. You know, the wording was so very vague that, you know, we I was like really shocked how negative, you know, people just got over this, saying Tila's going to be the main character. Well, we don't know. Well, I... I kind of I kind of get the reasoning. It sadly it involves a bit of sexism and a pushback against this recent like mega push for girl power things. To be honest, 
it doesn't bother me that T if Tila takes a a key role since she's destined to be the sorceress of Grayskull and Revelations. The title kind of it's like Tila's discovering about herself, about her lying best friend. That's about that's exactly I'm feeling. So the story can be about He-Man and everything, all that, but maybe we're gonna follow T follow Tila's path as she reconciles with the lies that have been told to her in the past versus the reality. And a couple continuities have always implied that Adam and Tila are meant to be together. So if she's destined to be the sorceress of Grayskull and possibly Queen of Eternia, she does have a key role, but you know, she she will be important. I'm not denying that, but I don't think she'll be the main person. I think, you know, Kevin Smith was really if you listen, if you watch the panel, he really hit he really talked about He Man. He really mentioned the adventures of He Man and He Man and the Master Universe will continue. And I don't think it's exactly filmation. I think they're continuing the classics. You know what I'm saying? Like like it's you know, not K-Fight Filmation, but, you know, a grown-up version of... And now that you brought the whole continuation to Filmation, it's good to point this out because some people believe that they're going to go straight up full Filmation, which I hope they don't because as much as I love the Filmation cartoon, it hasn't aged as well. She-Ra did age a bit better, but that's a story for a different episode. I want oh. them to take, like, designs, like, the filmation designs, make them a bit more mature. I would love if they take the background art and get inspired by filmation because I don't want to see normal Earth forests. I want to see the weird, freaky alien forest, but the story, it needs to go a bit deeper, a bit darker, because it's not filmation. And Heman deserves a proper treatment that's not hyper kiddified or literally made to sell toys I know that He-Man is a toy property and the main focus is sell toys but 2000X tried to avoid the selling toys part but there were a few episodes that were blatant ads I hope that this Netflix series just is devoted to tell the story and if they make toys awesome if they don't well nothing's lost I just want a decent He-Man story just to prove that He-Man is worthwhile well, it comes down to, and I gotta ask this: How much faith do you have on Kevin Smith? Do you think Kevin Smith can do it? I think he I think could. Kevin Smith is going to be an Yeah, he he can do it as long as he doesn't turn super preachy like he did at the end of the infamous Spider-Man Black Cat: The Evil That Men Do miniseries. That's my only bone to pick with Kevin. But other than that, I have faith in him. Well, from what I've heard it sounds like this was kind of something that's been in development before his name was attached so the idea was more he was there in to get it a green light better than it already was getting at that point so to me it's like he already is a huge fan of a lot of these characters that are huge in pop culture right now and his name attached to that property to masters is only going to elevate it into that kind of a uh, popularity and that viewpoint that only us as fans have really enjoyed for a while. So it's elevating it the same way the She-Ra cartoon now is elevating it for people where you're seeing a ton of cosplay. You're seeing a lot of people who are really embracing that series 
but this could be like the adult version of what we loved when we were kids and embracing it that way where people won't think of it as, oh, He-Man's the um, the the four non-blondes meme online oh, or whatever God. in that way. So, you know, I'm hoping that that's how it happens versus – Honestly, I'm excited about the animation style they're going to be using. I know uh, I've already got it on my Netflix save list because they already have it posted. Mm-hmm. And being that it's on Netflix, I don't think it's going to be a lot of focus on pushing the toy line because none of the Netflix, well, most of the Netflix cartoons like the Voltron and all like that didn't push the toy lines. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm I'm kind of hoping that you know it it doesn't necessarily you know try to advertise toys, but. I want to see all the the old vehicles. I want to see you know all the characters. I want to see you know I, I so I want them to push those references in there, kind of like you know we saw with two two thousand X. They they managed to get you know lots of vehicles and stuff in there. And the DC comic series, uh, you would see little sprinklings of little references of oh there's a there's an attack tree track or a, a, a battle ram or something like that. I really dig that kind of thing. I want them to push oh, new characters like uh, Rio Blast, Clamp Champ, Ninjor. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Extendar. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it, it, it would be insane having all these guys that couldn't make it to Filmation to show up. And uh, half joking, half serious part of me wants a Jay and Silent Bob Eternia versions of them in classics. There I said it. Why not? We're getting wrestlers. <laughs> Why not? Re- <laughs> The wrestlers are going to Eternia. Why not? Okay. Well, Family how about... went to Eternia. <laughs> I'd really like to see the Horde represented as they were in the Masters of the Universe toy line as opposed to the She-Ra iteration. Thank you. Thank you. Vortex <laughs> uh, Evil Savage Posse. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, like going back to my 2000X ramp, but at least in that one, I had this sense of, oh, they're doing it the way I played them when I was a kid versus how he was on filmation. So that made me like beyond happy. And then that was all I got was the, you know, power of grace call episode. And I'm like, Oh, okay. (laughs) I was really amped up. Well, that's (laughs) why, again, when I played with my toys as a kid, I ignored, I watched this year, but I ignored them and I paid it. This is why I had my star comics and my mini comics, because to me, those were the horde. Those were the snake men. Exactly. Yep. The the thing for me with Hordak was I, I watched Filmation and I just kept going, mine doesn't snort. Mine isn't – like my version of Hordak always was he was someone Skeletor feared enough to fight with He-Man against him. You know, it's like what the heck? Where did that come from? You know, the, the way that they did it. So, yeah, I, if they pull that off, I'll probably be a little misty-eyed going, this is what I've been always wanting to see, you know, or – you know what will what will be the the fan reaction? You know, based on the level of violence in the show, specifically, you know, like blood, sex, swearing, that sort of thing. When they were told, oh, well, you know, it's gonna pick up where the old cartoon left off, right? Where is that line that fans want to draw? Well, I'm hoping to bring in the Snake Man finally. I mean, there was so much. Filmation did not, to me, was not the end-all, be-all. And for a lot of the fan base, it is. I always wanted to point out there was a whole lot more. When Filmation ended, that wasn't the end of Masters, you know? I mean, Extendar was my last action figure. 
and I always remember him fondly. He broke on me. He was my last Motu figure that I bought. And I always thought he would have been awesome if the line, if the cartoon continued. But I want to point out this quick moment I had with Kevin Smith. At the PowerCon, uh, when the press conference was over and all that, I quickly went up to Kevin Smith. You know, I shook his hand. My wife gave him a card, you know, and, and we told him, hey, check us out and all that. And he was like, oh, yeah, I will. Yeah, you know, I'm being polite, of course. I mean, it'd be awesome if he's checking or listening to this podcast. Hi, Kevin. Be on the show. <laughs> uh, but but uh, I did, uh, you know, I did shake his hand and I told him, don't screw this up, you know, and I didn't say screw. He He held my hand. And he was like, don't worry, you're going to love what we're going to do. You're going to love it. So he had enthusiasm. It, there was an energy to him. Okay, that that's the best ever because right now that's what we need. We need people who love the property to nurture the property and to help make others love the property as much as we do. Well, they, Otherwise, to, to, we'll end up like Max Steel. <laughs> to, um... Shots fired. To to go back to the the question about you know how much sex should be in it violence and stuff like that honestly I guess the way that I have always viewed it and this is coming even from the mini comics perspective because that's always been my foundation of it I like the idea that it looks like a savage scary place to be I like the idea of there's mystery and epicness I don't need there to be sex though. I don't need there to be violence for the sake of here's blood spewing all over the place or whatever. I mean, the DC comics recently, they have done that where like they had Adam run through with the power sword. They've had, you know, a lot. They had a, a decapitated uh, sorceress head at one point. And some of that to me is like, I don't even need it to go there, you know, personally, but I want it to have a, a certain amount of cost and risk and the stakes are there at least. So like, when when the snake men in 2000x turned all of the masters into snake men that for me was like holy crap you know like they're going there they're making that his friends are now in danger like that because they never would have gone there on filmation to that extent so something along those lines where you're seeing his friends are turning against him or you know people are legitimately like they might not be there the next episode that maybe is the thing for me. The action, I, I think that they do amazing action based on Castlevania, but I don't need to see the blood. I don't need to see gore, but I want to see stakes, and I want to see, you know, like He-Man's rising to the the occasion, and we're cheering with him and the Masters when all this is happening. I'll tell you what I want to say. I want to see the morals in the stories come back. Oh, that would be awesome if they I did that. I think it was said that they are not going to be there, but that they're going to be referenced. I'm not sure. I can't remember where I heard that. Aww. It, it would have been cool to have to have the morals, but personally, my level level of violence would be mid-range PG-13. A little block where it's needed, and if there has to be a semi-gory scene, try to make it like they do in film when some things happen off screen and you just see a bit of blood but you don't see like the decapitation or everything. it's um, it's implied it's yeah. Implied, yeah yeah and it's implied and if there has to be blood just what's necessary not like oh beast man come here like the i'm not in a giving vein today and zap yeah you know? yeah 
Well, that's that, it's funny that you know you have these characters. It's a balance. It's it, they need to reach a balance. They cannot go gory for the sake of ooh, look how edgy we are, gory. But like done for the sake of story. If they have like say to kill the sorceress in order for Tila to ascend, if her death needs well, some needs blood, and for example being stabbed by Skeletor with the power sword, well done so in a tasteful play style. Let's say. Like Final Fantasy VII when Sephiroth kills Aerith. Spoilers for a 20-year-old game that's getting a remake soon, but but like that. You get the image, the imagery, but it's not like oh, all God spilling out like Jurassic Park the book. I just want, yeah. I just want some balance between. It's still based on a toy lane for kids, but it's not necessarily for kids. And sex, let's just save that for HBO. I don't want to see Evil Land Skeletor getting it on. I wouldn't mind seeing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, remember that. Yeah, I was, that's exactly where my mind just went. Yeah, you just I put that idea in my head. Remember the, uh, the animated movie, The Killing Joke, the DC Comics movie, where there was a scene oh, with uh, Batgirl oh, and God, Batman yeah. getting yeah. on? Yeah. And there was so much fan pushback, you know, blowback from that. I wouldn't mind seeing exchanging a nice kiss. I mean, he and Sheila, come on, at least they enjoyed one little smooch. I mean, you can get the first, maybe second base. <laughs> or let it be, let it be that there's romance implied, but yes, we don't need the HBO Game of Thrones, you know, graphic, especially with skeleton. Thank oh you. my God. <laughs> Well, what's funny is we have this toy line and they have all of these like crazy axes and swords and stuff. And it's like, you know, but it's not in the flavor of this to do something graphic or whatever. To me, it's like those are there in order to have action. It's not there to have violence necessarily, which is a weird thing to say, but it is, you know. That's what happened in the filmation. It's funny. It was, yeah, they've got weapons and stuff, but you don't see... He man ever run his sword through anybody. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny is when I was a kid, I had my He Man action figure. I always wondered what the heck the axe was for because he never used the axe. I mean, it was like, okay, this is decoration. Why do you have an axe? Maybe he had a part time as a lumberjack. Let's go get some wood tonight. Burn on the fire. I don't know. I could not figure that one out when I was a kid. My daughter and I were watching the Masters of the Universe movie a couple weeks ago, and I just kept thinking to myself, what if there was an Adam in that movie? What if that that actually happened? Because I know a lot of fans really wanted to see that. So what if Adam was written into the movie? And how would you guys feel that changed the movie? How Would it make it better? Would it make it more palatable? Would it make it not? Or wouldn't it have mattered no. either way because they went to Earth and it is what it is? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to comment here, say that I think that if there was Adam in the movie, it would make sense to a point when he lost the power and Skeletor was becoming the god version of himself. At the same time, I feel like that kind of would cheapen the movie in a way because you'd expect more of the classical feel that it lacked, sorely. I think the movie itself became its own universe where there was no Adam, there was no Orko, think if they did it would have been a filmation movie which i think might have done a little better you know the kids went to go see it and i think that's you know that was one of the main criticisms at the time but with the plot itself i don't think adam contributed 
anything to it. You know, I mean, they were. I remember them interviewing um, David Goddard about it, and he was aware of the Adam filmation thing. He just chose not to do it. Yeah, I can't even see Adam really fitting into the '87 movie. I mean, well, we we were pretty much introduced right off to He Man, and with him going back. I mean, when Skeletor became God Skeletor, that would have been the only time. And nothing said it would have been He-Man going to Adam, because I agree with Renee. I see that movie as its own universe. Mm-hmm. Well, it kind of seemed like it was a spinoff from the Alki of He-Man, where Skeletor was an extra-dimensional being, not just a native to Eternia. It seemed more like He-Man was always a savage or He-Man, not just a transformation. So I, I guess the reason that I had that what if and what put me on this road was simply you have, which for me, it still gives me goosebumps, even though the movie is what it is. You have the moment where He-Man finally gets the power sword back in the throne room and he gets to yell, I have the power for the first time in the entire right. movie. And I was looking at it from a that doesn't mean anything. Like, it means something to us as fans because we hear that on the cartoon, but what does that mean in that moment? So then I started going, well, what if Adam was here? And what if he was the one that got captured? And then I started going backwards further into the movie going, like, how cool would that have been when he threw the sword down on the roof that he turned back into Adam? Or yeah. Skeletor turning into God Skeletor sucked the power from He-Man to make him Adam in that moment. And, that, you know, it's like it's it's this weird thing of I know this is how the movie worked and they, they had a certain amount of this and that to work with budget wise. But there was a part of me where I'm like, it feels like a missed opportunity. How cool would that have been to have Adam become He-Man in front of everybody in that moment? And everybody's just like, holy crap, this is him. Like, And it's like it would have ruined the dual identity, but it would have been yeah. really cool at the same time from a story perspective. Maybe I totally agree. You would have had to change the plot. Yeah, that's you have to retrofit it with that idea, unfortunately. So yeah, the yeah the problem there is that if they had done Adam, they would have to have to use him like from the beginning. Like I'd say about the time that Skeletor starts sucking up the power from the sorcerers, right there, that suddenly it sucked the power out of He-Man as well. When by the time they went through the cosmic key, He-Man was no more, and he was Adam on Earth. Yeah. And yeah. Contact with Eternia. Maybe and going through the portal could have turned yeah, him back into Adam. That dude and that losing contact with Eternia meant that he couldn't channel the power of Grayskull. And mm-hmm. he would have been stuck as Adam with uh, evil forces of Skeletor chasing him. And when they, they end up in Eternia, the whole Skeletor, Neil! Yeah. Would have, been, <laughs> would have been better to have Adam instead of him and like. This cowering fool was my greatest enemy. Neil. Exactly. And then, and then you get the fight, the the transformation to He-Man, and you have the final battle between the Monster God versus He-Man. That would have added a whole death to yeah. that movie. Oh, absolutely. And it would have been it would have been super funny seeing Dolph Lundgren running around in purple tights and uh, pink pants. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> That would have jumped into the issue that we're kind of having today. The argument then and the argument here would have been with the new movie coming out is how much Prince Adam, how much He-Man are we going to see? Because, you know, uh, who is the main character? Is it Adam or is it He-Man? And, you know, the 
this is kind of jumping a little bit to the uh, movie that, again, at PowerCon, everybody, all the Mattel reps and all that did say it is happening 100%. It's going to happen. You know, Noah Centrino, who is an actor, and he's well-known for the kids, you know, I mean, the teenagers and all that, the little girls, teenage girls like him. Um, He is going to be He-Man. He's contracted and all that. And I could see him as Prince Adam. I have no problem seeing him as Prince Adam. As him transforming into He-Man, you know, that's kind of where, how are they going to do that? Are they going to CGI him? I mean, the Hulk in Avengers is one way I would look at it. You know, maybe he would be, like, you'd see parts of his face in there, but he'd be CGI'd. Or just, honestly, this weekend, we rented uh, the new Disney Aladdin. And when you see Will Smith as the genie when he comes out of the lamp, he's huge. He's bulked. But then when you look at Will Smith, it's like, no, he's Will Smith right there, like in real life. And I was like, I could honestly go with that for this because everybody has this. He means going to be this like, you know, huge guy. And it's like, well, then why not just go that route? Because you're not going to find someone with acting chops who looks like that. Probably you're going to find, you know, like. I hate to say it, but Dolph Lundgren being who Dolph Lundgren was back then, you know, like he'd say certain lines and you'd be like, what did he just say? You know, like he wasn't that guy back then. And, you know, put the acting there and then make the CGI be the power he needs then or whatever. Yeah, he was so much a better actor in Aquaman than (laughs) E-Man. I agree. I agree completely. I agree, but CGI, I think that would be an awesome opportunity to get Bowcat in there. Oh, I hope there's a Bowcat because it, it feels like it, it, you, you got Batman without Robin in a sense. You got to have both in, in this. We we uh, we're owed it. I demand. I expect Battlecat and Orko to be in this movie. Okay, I will be disappointed if we do not have those. And and the toys. They, they're going to make those toys, man. You know, Mattel is going to attack us with Masters of the Universe, the movie toys. I mean, Mattel is not in great shape right now. They're functional. They're still running. There's a reason why Masters is coming out, because they lost the DC license, and they don't have any male toy lines available to them. Well, there's WWE, but WWE is not like, well, but it has its fans, WWE. but toy-buying fans are not necessarily wrestling fans. Plus, the WWE is a license that they have. Yeah, they where- yeah. They need that in-house Where they own the IP of Masters. Like, they own the IP for Barbie, and Barbie's not doing too well either. And part of it is, just to, you know, go full circle here, is that there is a market for retro. And, you know, Ninja Turtles have taken full advantage of it. Even Transformers, of course, have taken full advantage of it. G.I. Joe, well, we're all waiting for what is G.I. Joe going to do? And Hasbro keeps saying, we're going to do something with G.I. Joe. We're going to, and we're like, when? Tell somebody at Mattel said, hey, there is a market for retro stuff. There is a market for Masters of the Universe. We're getting a cartoon. We're hitting media. We're doing this. They did that press release saying that, you know, we're going to attack Masters of the Universe with media, movie, TV shows. There are going to be electronics. There's going to be apps. There's going to be a whole bunch of things, you know, because you guys love this stuff. And I'm like, great, finally, okay, let's do this. Let's hopefully you do it right. Well, the other thing, too, is we have so many superhero movies nowadays that this, to me, is like it's like a bridge 
from those to something a little more imaginative than just here are heroes on earth fighting these villains. It's like, no, let's, let's take you guardians of the galaxy was such a pivotal moment and in Marvel, but it's also like a pivotal moment for seeing this is possibly how a master's movie could be accomplished now. So you have the ability with that movie doing well to go, okay, if you like that, here's this. And guess what? They're like superheroes too, but they're on a whole different planet. So we're going to show you a ton of stuff that you've never seen before in this movie. Yeah, well, it's got a fantasy element like uh, Game of Thrones, and that was insanely popular. So Yes, that too. And, and maybe we could get a return to barbarian movies like Conan, Beastmaster. Heck, even a decent Tarzan would be great to see. <laughs> I'd like to thank you for joining us for this council of the first ones. A heads up, anything He-Man related, please stop by our friends at He-Man.org for up-to-date news about everything going on He-Man related. Also, you can get most of your He-Man stuff from Super 7, and it is returning to the Toy Isles with Mattel. Until next time, this is Kelly wishing you good journey. I'm Ranting Crespo. It's been an honor being all these years in the Council of the First Ones. Regrettably, I won't be able to join in as often as I can, but I know that this podcast is in great hands. I welcome the new members. Hopefully, they'll become part of, the, of my Masters of the Universe family. Now, I wish you all good journey. This is Renee. I'd like to invite you all to join us as we continue our show. We'll try to be coming back to you and catch the latest nerd news on Nerds on a Couch. I'd like to thank you for having me today, and I wish everyone a good journey. And this is David, owner of adultcollector.org. I want to thank you so much for inviting me to be a part of this. I'll see you next time. Good journey. And this is Sean, and I want to thank everybody for letting me be a part of this tonight. I appreciate it, and I'm looking forward to more episodes. You can find me on Facebook. It's a long name, but the Artistic Geekdom of Sean Scavarna, or October Sun Art. Until next time, good journey. This episode of Council of the First Ones was produced by Nerds on a Couch, in association with AdultCollector.org.